Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Sons on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Follow us there and subscribe to us here for all of the best pit sports content that you won't want to miss. If you love pit volleyball and hate Bob Huggins, this is the place for you. Brought to you by Section 5. My name is Squid, currently here by myself, but I'll be joined by my co-host Dylan and David in just a few minutes once we get into our very special interview today with star pit volleyball player Cat Flood. We've been wanting to speak with a member of the pit volleyball team for a while now. As you're aware, the pit volleyball team, probably the most successful team in pit athletics. They made it to the Final Four. Uh, we learned a lot about volleyball. Uh, absolutely electric interview with Cat. So if you listen to this interview and do not want to pack the Peterson Event Center or the Fitzgerald Fieldhouse for a game next season, uh, there's something wrong with you. So stay tuned for that. Coming up in just a minute, I'll shut up and we'll get to that very soon. Uh, because not a lot has happened in the pit athletics world since the last time we had an episode. Also, David is jet lagged from a work trip he was on. And Dylan is a combination of jet lagged and hung over from his vacation. So I'm doing the intro for the first time ever. Uh, soak it up. I don't know if it'll happen again. But like I said, I'm going to shut up and just get us right into this interview because it's a really fun one. So enjoy, subscribe, and hail to Pitt. Please welcome to the show, star volleyball player for the Pitt Panthers Final Four team, Cat Flood. Cat, how you doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Real wonderful day we got going on here. Uh, I I had to settle with star for the Pitt volleyball team because I do not yet understand the positions in volleyball. And that's why you're here today. So in your own words, could you tell us what your position is? Yeah. So I came in as an outside hitter and that's technically what my position is, but I was competing against obviously like two star players, two veterans of the team. And then Lekator, um two years ago, who honestly is one of the best ball players I've played against. So I kind of had to learn how to adapt and find a role for myself in a different way. So what I do is technically like a serving specialist. Um, and the funny part about that is that I actually couldn't jump serve a ball when I got to pit. So I focused pretty hard on that my freshman year and it ended up getting me into a great spot. What does learning how to serve look like at the collegiate level? Cause I, I think we would assume like that just that's, you know, fundamentals of the game is, yeah. is it not? Oh, it's a fundamental. I had a, uh, <laughs> a hell of a time getting into that. Um, so, because when I came in, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be fine. Like, I've jumped there before. Like, this is not a hard skill to learn. And obviously, like, our coaches, like, fit Daniel Fisher um, is our head coach, and he's pretty strict on, like, what he wants as, like, a serve or, like, what he wants you to do as a serve. And I was like, oh, no. Um, so learning it was just, like, a lot of time on my own and doing reps, individual reps on the side or, like, really keying down on, like, the timing of my serving or how I hit the ball and stuff like that. But, yeah. Now, it seems like it's kind of worked out for you. You had 16 aces this past season, um, and you really thrived in that role as a serving specialist. What what kind of goes through your head when you're up there setting up for a serve? Like, are you looking to get an ace every time? Is it depend on how the other team's set up? What's that look like for you? So most of the time, he's like, just just get it in. Just put it in the court. Get him out of system. Out of system is when they don't put, like pass the ball to the net so they can't set the middle. Um, so they're forced to do like a higher ball, which is harder for the hitters to hit. 
Um, and so most of the time I was like, okay, I just need to get a top serve in. I need to make them pass a bad ball. Like, that's great. And then there are times when I'd be like, I, this is it. Like I'm, this is, they're done. Like I'm, they're not gonna get any pass out of this. Um, but usually it's like, like, for example, games like Wake Forest or lower ACC teams. I'm like, okay, I'm like eh, whatever happens happens at this point. But when we were playing Wisconsin, I was like, oh shit, I can't, he- I can't hear. I can't see. I don't know if I'm holding the ball. <laughs> Um, especially cause it was so like the gym and it just depends on like the gym setting. Um, and it's such like a mental thing. It's like shooting a free throw for basketball. It's like, it's something that should be re- looks really easy, but when it's just you alone on the line and it's really quiet and everyone's waiting for you to do something, it's like, oh crap. Like now I'm, I know how to do this. It's okay. I can do it. But yeah, I'm sure it's very frustrating because all the people in the stands, if you serve it to the net, they're like, oh, just get it over. I could probably they're do like, that. Oh. Right? And I'm like, dude, I'm like, you don't <laughs> like, I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, no, and there's definitely like an aspect to it that I was like, oh, it's going to be easy. But then as you get better or like the games get tougher, you're like, I really have to do well. Like this is such a minute role in the game. I need to do something. So, so as you're aware, us three aren't very seasoned volleyball. Uh, we don't have that much volleyball knowledge. So okay. as a server, do you have different types of serves like a baseball pitcher? Yeah. So on the court, there are six players on the court. And so there are six zones. So it's like starting in, I'm looking at a court. If you're starting in right back, it goes one, two, three, four, five, six. It's like the coach can kind of call like the zone they want you to serve to. And there's usually like you, you want to serve five because that's not a libero or it's like the setter's running to the front. So it's harder for the passer to get the ball to the setter on the net um, or something like that. But then they're like, in specific serves i guess there's jump floats there's a standing float which you don't really do in college and there's a jump spin which is really hard and that's more in the men's game um so what i do is all it's just a jump float so in your in your pre-game preparation pre-match preparations match game uh i think i think a match is all the sets in a game I don't know. Just call it a game. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre- in, in your pregame preparations, uh-huh. will, will you like look at the other team and be like, "Oh, them! I am, I am going after them. I am going to give them the worst day of their life." So yeah, the I've actually never done that before. But for the Wisconsin game, I was like, "I'm gonna make this libero my bitch." Like I was like, "I'm gonna. <laughs> like, this girl is not getting out of this game alive," and she did it. So it worked. It works. I mean, it's it's literally all mental. That's I, that's something I never ever understood as like a high school or a club player or whatever. But coming to college, it's so mental. All of it is. Yeah. Going into that Wisconsin game, was it something you saw on film with her, or was it just like you, you just had a good feeling about? It? I was because they get so I'm not trashing Wisconsin at all, but they're like they're a great team. That was easily like the biggest upset ever. Um. But sometimes like they, they get a little bit overhyped and they've had some pretty bad losses. And it's like we've had some pretty bad losses, but we still get I mean, we're still going to the final four in lead eight for the past three years. But we still get kind of crapped on and they never do just because it's like the Wisconsin title. So I was like, I know this girl is good. I know she has a huge, huge name, huge name in the volleyball world. And I was like, this is I I want this girl. So, yeah. So you went you went after the star. She so she's like she's technically one of their stars and I was like she's supposed to be the one person on the court who can pass every ball perfectly and I was like I'm gonna make her pass really horribly that's badass yeah and, and that you were 
the best game ever. So. Yeah, I mean, you were you were very locked in in that Wisconsin game. Um, in fact, I don't. I imagine you saw it by now, but that picture of you going into the fifth set kind of became um, almost a meme of sorts in in the pit Twitter sphere. Um, laser what is, eyes. Yes, with the laser eyes. What is what is that like to be? And I'm going to use probably an old person term, memeified. So um, safe to say, I it is something I never expected. Because I didn't see it. I don't I was not on Twitter really. And then Smart. We were, I think we were flying home. And my trainer was like, Did you see this? I was like, No. It's like, what are you talking about? And then apparently it just became like this whole trend thing. And my head coach loves it. Everybody's like laser eyes, laser focus. I'm like, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> but memeified is definitely um not something I had in my plans well thankfully it was a good meme it was in the yeah. heat of the moment uh you're four sets into making the uh -huh. wisconsin libero your bitch so it uh, exactly. could be a lot worse could be exactly. a, a spike in your face something like that mm -hmm. yeah. no i was like at least it wasn't something embarrassing because i've done a lot of embarrassing things so that's great yeah so that that match and obviously like that that meme became a big thing on pit twitter that's yeah. i feel like a lot of the fan base are rallying around the team after that rallying around you but did you did you guys as a team feel like as you advanced round through round did you start to feel more of that attention coming through from the city from the fans maybe around campus so it's that's tough because that was also wasn't that right before like football was gonna play in this in the bowl were they like literally gonna play in the bowl game like two weeks later Something like that. Let me let me get a uh, let me get a date on that. It was the about? final four was like December eighth, and then the bowl game was what the tw December twenty second. No, it was the uh, the twenty eighth, wasn't it? The twenty eighth, yeah, something like that. And that was I. It's like hard being like a powerful football school and a volleyball school because obviously, like the football team is going to get so much more love, and then people were hyping up that bowl game so much just because it was like, oh, Kenny's gone or whatever, who's going to be the QB in the bowl game, whatever. And it was obviously Nick Patty. Um, it was very capable, but it was still just like football, football, football. We want, we want them to win. And we were like, we're in the final four. <laughs> um, but yeah, in like regards to students, the one thing that does suck, I guess, is that we get so much family love. Like we have so many families at all of our games, season ticket holders, whatever. So whenever we have like big packed crowds, it's majority like families with their little girls that play volleyball or girls that have like graduated girls who still live here. Um, and it's not a whole lot of students, which isn't a bad thing because we still we get still sell out the fits a lot. Um, but when we're in the peat, like it's still not the same as having like a full packed peat full of students, you know. But yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but it, we get we get recognized more. Like people know that the volleyball team is definitely like a very credible um, team on campus now, which never really happens on a lot of campuses except for places like Wisconsin or stuff like that. So that felt good, but I wish we had a little bit more. Well, how can the loyal sons help? We're we're all we're all in on this volleyball team because this is Pitt's best chance at an NCAA championship. Exactly. Um, this millennium. So what can we do to help? I don't know. Um, we like we all advertise the game so hard. We 
tell people to come. We tell all the other student athletes to come, but it's like, we're in this bubble of like, I only, I know non-athletes, but like, they're not my close friends. So we only want like athletes to come to our games. Like we would love to have them come because those are our friends. So I guess it doesn't really get out to like the students. And since we're playing like at the same time as football or like men's soccer who, and women's soccer who also had great years. Um, I guess it's like a pick and choose kind of thing. And especially if it's like a nice fall day, like people are going to want to go to a soccer game instead of a volleyball game, which is totally understandable. And they're just as good, but I don't know, I guess advertise it. That'd be great. We'll we'll get the word out. Yeah. It feels like volleyball is one of the most underrated sports. Like anytime you watch a match, it seems like the most electric nonstop atmosphere. Oh, exactly. And every time I've ever taken someone to a volleyball game or invited them to a volleyball game, they're like, oh my God, I have to come back for the rest of them. I'm like, and they're like, I would have never come if you didn't tell, tell me about it. And I was like, okay, well, I know. Yeah. I mean, I'll be completely honest, Kat. I haven't attended a volleyball game yet at, at the Fitz, at the Pete. Um, but I did start following along during this year's tournament run. And I was like, up out of my seat like standing in front of the tv like watching these volleys so it's definitely on the plan for next year and i think we'll we'll get a little loyal sons uh cheer and we're, we're not students anymore so cheering section in, in in the fits for you okay that'd be great but yeah i mean it's a super electric sport like squid was saying um i also read in your pit bio that you were a soccer player as well until you decided to play volleyball was it was it just because volleyball is way more fun um, I am large. I'm six two. I was easily the biggest soccer player out there. And I just got to the point where I was like, so physically aggressive, I'd be hurting myself. Um, <laughs> and then just like, I was like, my body, I can't do all the running. I'm jumping in volleyball and I'm trying to run like what, two miles a game, two or three miles a game. And I was like, I need to choose something or else I'm not going to do anything in college. So I ended up choosing volleyball one because I had like the height asset and I knew I was already athletic enough so that like the cardio and stuff that I built up in soccer would help me more in volleyball rather than the stuff like I had built from volleyball into soccer. Um, and cause I loved it more. It was like, cause my high school where, where I come from volleyball was like a huge female sport. I mean, I was like, Oh, I need to be like these girls. Like, I really want to be like these girls. So that's pretty much it. It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSONS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. So did you know about Pitt before you were recruited by Pitt? Did you know that they had a pretty good program, or was it a surprise? So my original plan had nothing to do with Pittsburgh. Literally nothing. I didn't even think of them. 
like, and then I, obviously my assistant coach reached out, Callum Patron. He reached out, I want to say in like June of my sophomore year. And I was like, what the hell is this school? I was like, where are they coming from? I don't know anything about Pittsburgh. They're in the ACC apparently. And my mom went to Duke. So I was like so locked in on going to like UNC or Duke and going to UNC just to piss her off really bad. (laughs) And then I was like, there's no way I'm getting into UNC or Duke. My high school, literally no one gets in from there. So I didn't even try. Um, And then Pitt reached out and I came on a visit, met the girls, didn't go on another visit. I committed a week later. So. So it was that basically it was the community that already existed uh, in in the locker room. So it was the it was like Lane Van Buskirk, Stephanie Williams, Kayla Lund, I think even Kamalani, okay, who's our assistant coach now, and they were all just so welcoming. And I had been to a few camps and so, and I like tried to talk to some of the older girls, and this is when I was like fifteen or sixteen. Um, and they were just kind of ignorant. And, and then like, these girls were like, they wanted to talk to me. They wanted me to come there and whatnot. Um, and I was like, mom, I think I'm, I think this is it. So, so you're, you're from Chicago, right? Yeah. Chicago adjacent. So yes. that's, that's kind of in the shadow of Madison, Wisconsin. Did you, did you ever look up North a little bit? Yeah. So my dad is from Oshkosh, Wisconsin and a lot Great of name. And so um, he spent a lot of time in Madison and I had a few relatives like aunts and uncles in Madison. So that was the first camp I ever went to actually. So it was like my first choice, I guess. And then they got really, really good. Like I had known they'd been really, really good. And I was like, this is just out of reach for me because I come from like a smaller club team where not a lot of us are like superstar players. And I really wanted to be like um, on a good team on somewhere where I could potentially like end up starting at some point in my career. Um, and that's when Pitt ended up getting like a, like a lot better really fast. So I was like, I can succumb and be a little bit part of the background and just get better. Cause I really cared about my development as a player more than just being a starter. Um, and so I knew that Wisconsin was out of reach Duke UNC. No. And then I was like, Pitt, I love everything about it. I love the city. It's like Chicago. I think this is the place for me. And then I ended up committing there. Wow. So, um, you know, you, you mentioned kind of the, the meteoric rise of the pit volleyball program. Has the, the culture and environment around it changed since then? Or is everybody still as, as welcoming and, you know, team oriented as, as when you took your first visit five, six years ago? Oh, my God. I think I think might have been six years ago. That's crazy. Um, but no, uh, the one thing that we have an edge over like other teams with is our culture and our head coach and like our whole program is really locked into all of that. So like we all really care about each other. We really care about like each individual's growth and development because that'll make us better as a team. Um, and the one thing is, is that like we support our coaches. Like we love our coaches. We love talking to our coaches. We hang out with our coaches. We do team meals with them at, at my head coach's house. And that's something that will never change with us. And I think that's what a lot of other teams are missing. Um, Cause I consistently go home and I talk to these girls who are playing in college and they're like, I hate this place. I hate my coach. I hate the team. And I'm like, Oh, can't really I can't say that. <laughs> I just can't even say that. Um, but that takes like a, a lot of effort from just the girls as well, knowing that like it's all constructive criticism. You're going to grow. You're going to develop. He's going to be, 
a little bit out of pocket. He's been kind of mean, but it's all just for the benefit of yourself. And once you get past that, and everybody like learns that as they go through the program. So obviously my freshman year, I was quite shell shocked. Um, that's what keeps us going. And that's what makes people want to go there. Cause everybody who comes in and like watches us practice as a recruit, he doesn't change his behavior. He keeps it the same. Like he wants all of us to, or like the recruits to know that this is what it's going to be when you get here. And so that way we are able to be super honest with recruits and that has never changed. So coach Fisher is obviously one of the best coaches in the country. What's he like off the court? I know you said he's a little bit mean, a little intense when, uh, the games are in session, but uh, what's he like after that? So Fish is honestly, he's a goofball. Like I have some of the funniest conversations with him. I that Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know why I'm talking to you about this, but somehow it came up and now we're having a really deep conversation about this. Um, so for example, like I texted him, yes, I'm in Colorado right now visiting one of my friends and we were playing Frisbee golf and I just texted him out of the blue. I was like, I'm playing Frisbee golf. I thought of you. He's like, oh, awesome. Like, where are you at? Like, I love that for you. I was like, yay. Um, but it's definitely like, as you get older, you get closer with him and he's more of a friend and a coach rather than just a coach. And so like his personality is just like, it's, it's, it's funny, but intense. obviously that intensity wins games. Yeah. I would trust his game plan over anything, pretty much. Like, whatever he says, I'm like, you you get it. Like, me, I know. Like, you're right. So let's let's talk about game plans a little bit while we're, while we're on the topic, and I guess it'd be in a more broader sense going into next season. So Pitt has made consecutive – final fours what do you think the program needs to do to take that little step forward and and take take home some hardware at the end of next season that is just like the hardest question ever because we've just been so close every time that gets always the fifth set in the final four it's 11 o'clock at night all of us are just like let's like let's finish it let's get this done and I don't know, I like, I want to say it has nothing to do with our training because it's just, we train hard. We train, I think we train harder than a lot of teams. We lift every day, we do cardio. Like it's not like a physical thing. It's not even a mental thing. Cause we also train that. I, I just don't, I think the final push needs to just be like, someone needs to take like initiative in that like last five points to be like, I'm finishing this game for us. And I guess like Courtney Vizario is a great player. Like she finished that Wisconsin game for us and she was so in it. She wanted to finish it. But like when that one person isn't having like a great game and I'm not saying she had a bad game in the final four, obviously, because she had a great game. Um, but it's like, you need that one person who's going to lock it and just like kick their butts the last 10 points. And we just haven't had that like final push, I guess. Cause it's not like we were in like a third set and it was 25, 19. It was what a fifth set. The Louisville game was a little bit questionable. It was 15 to like eight or something, eight, six or something like that. 15 to three, maybe. I don't know. Still a and, then, and then um, two years ago, it was what, like 15, 11. So it's just like the last, the last set is just what we need to get through. So it, it's not about recruiting or game plan personnel. It's just in that final moment, pushing yourselves over the edge. 
Winning a national championship is hard. Breaking it's, news. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I totally agree. But we have been so freaking close. Like we can't just get these eight next eight points just to finish out this game. But that's not that's like that's everybody's problem. Like every every team struggles with this. Um, and it's it's never like a per, or like a team recruiting or coaching problem. It's just like sometimes it just happens, and it's happened to us at two very inconvenient times. <laughs> So I imagine that this is like a point of conversation you guys have of like, how can we then just take that one tiny next step? Yeah, no, we've, we've all, we've definitely all talked about it. Like the, we don't, the one thing about the final four game that's hard is that like, when we get home, we won't talk about the game because like we just lost in the final four and everybody kind of just wants to go home. Um, But it's always just like, we need, we just need a killer. We need the killer mindset. Like no one can take that from us, and sometimes we just let the other team have it a little bit. And I guess the it's it's we talk about like the killer mindset, the um, the hunter mindset. Like you're the hunter, not the hunted, and we kind of get to be the hunted in those last ten points because it's scary, it's nerve wracking. There's a huge crowd, everybody's watching it. You're the last four teams in the tournament. You're like, if I make a mistake, I can make or break this game. But when you think that, you kind of ended up going in that direction, anyways. So I guess it's just a mindset thing, in my opinion. I can think of no one better to be that hunter than the the server with the glowing red eyes. Yeah. I like to think that. that. And then I went and had a very mediocre Final Four game, which ends up happening. Um, But it's just like, I over... The whole mindset thing is like, I overwork myself. You overwork yourself when you have one thing to do. Um. And I guess you just have to like I, for like for myself. I when I went to that Wisconsin game, I was like, whatever happens, happens. Like I know I'm gonna have a good game if I'm just calm. I do, and I know how to do. I'm neutral, and I think when we went to that Final Four, I was like so worked up. It was late. We were just watching out a team lose that it was supposed to win, and it's just. But yeah, once you. Once you learn how to be like a neutral thinker or like a neutral player, it'll help you so much more in the long run. Well, Kat, we're we're really pulling for you guys to take home that trophy next year. We're gonna we're gonna pack the Pete or the Fitz, whichever you know appropriate venue given the game. And uh, I think I think this is the year that we we push it over the line. But before we can let you go and get back to training and your off season, uh, we have a little. A bit we like to do with our student athletes. Uh, A little rapid fire question round. This is called the set list. Uh, We'll ask you some rapid fire questions and you can answer them rapid fire. Or if there's, you know, a story, uh, a little bit of context you want to give. We love that as well. Does that sound like something you'd be interested in? Sounds great. Let's do it. Awesome. Let's do it. So first question, what is your dream NIL deal? say Lululemon just because I had never owned a single Lululemon article of clothing in my entire life before um, Juliana Dalton who's one of my teammates and she dragged me there a lot in the semester and now our whole team has it and that's why and I was never Lululemon girl until now we, we might recommend some Roback that's a sponsor but it's similar but high quality Ooh, okay I'll take a look at that Promo code loyal sons for 20%. About off. to drop the banner in here right now. Actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drop it in there. There we go. Yeah. I'll have to look at that. Who's on your pregame playlist? 
Who's on my current playlist? Oh, pregame. Is did you say pregame playlist? Yeah. Uh, Drake. So much Drake. So much Drake. It's kind of sickening. <laughs> what is your favorite spot on campus? Easy, Shunley. I love being outside. I'm like a sun whore. Like if it's sunny outside, I'm gonna be outside. It's. I probably will have skin cancer when I'm 40, but I'd rather die tan. It's probably hard to find growing up in the Midwest and coming here for college. What is your favorite memory thus far at Pitt? Oh, easy. Um, Wisconsin winning and then watching fish dance in the circle and seeing all of them cry. Sometimes I forget that they have emotions, the coaches. All intense for a game, and then they all started crying. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> we did good!" <laughs> so I yeah, you know, it was a good game. Exactly. Oh, but also, just side note for actual pit, the Semple lot or like the Semple Street stuff on St. Patrick's Day. We, we saw some videos. Oh, I'm sure um, you did. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's so fun. And this is our first year being able to go. So that made it more fun, I think. Ooh. Yeah. Who is Pitt Volleyball's biggest rival? Or your own personal rival that you may you may hold a grudge against? Louisville. I don't have any. I just personally just, I really, really, really wish we beat them. Every game. I wish we beat them every game. It doesn't matter what game it is. It has to be every game. But that they're so good. It happens. How fast can you serve a volleyball? Ooh. I want to say probably we do that sometimes. I think that the range is like 35 to 45. Like you want a good serve to be like a good float serve to be like kind of 35. But if you're serving like a harder ball, you kind of want to go 40, 40 miles per hour. I think. I believe. (laughs) Just for reference, how fast do people usually spike it? Probably if a serve is like 30, 40, I, I want to say a spike is probably probably double. So 70, 80. That is horrifying. That's like horrifying. <laughs> True. It it's is like having scary. to field those. Mm. I've just taken so many to the face at this point. Like I... <laughs> you get used to it especially being surrounded by people who can hit so hard i've ducked like i've just straight up just been like that not like that's just not even worth it like serena gray she can probably hit balls 100 miles per hour and i'm just gonna let it happen i don't feel like hurting myself that's what we call a business decision it's a very smart business decision because she's also hit me right here couldn't feel my nose for three days so jesus Noted. Yeah. Stay out of way. Of, stay out of the way of Serena Gray spikes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if we don't have any more that just popped up, uh, that is it for the game. You you won. You passed. Right. I don't know what our grading scale is, but uh, <laughs> thank you for participating. Yeah. Cap, uh, this has been great. I've learned so much about volleyball, and I hope our listeners have too, uh, especially those that have free weeknights in the fall and want to go see the most electric sport that they have never seen in person. I totally agree. We would love to have anybody who wants to come. 
Awesome. Well, we're going to we're going to get a squad together and we're going to be out there rooting you guys to the national championship next year. Heck yeah. That's the plan. Awesome. Hail to Pitt. Awesome. Hail to Pitt.